Welcome. This is Dr. Kirk Harris, CEO of Fathers, Families, and Healthy Communities. I want to welcome you to the inaugural podcast of Fathers, Families, and Healthy Communities and our work associated with father engagement and family strengthening. Today, we have some illustrious, and I mean illustrious, guests to share with you uh, a little bit about our experience in doing work with fathers. And they're laughing at me. See, I can see them. They're laughing at me when I call them illustrious. But I, 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 do, I, I, I don't take that lightly. Uh, Dr. Michael Bennett, professor at sociology at the university, at DePaul University. He's going to be here with us. And by the way, he is the founder and uh, progenitor, if you will, of Fathers, Families, and Healthy Communities. And my good friend also, Saquon Lawrence, who is the first director and co-designer of Fathers, Families, and Healthy Communities, along with myself. And we're here today to talk to you a little bit about our work, but uh, I'm going to take a moment and have each of them kind of share a little bit about themselves and share a little bit about their interest in fatherhood. And then we've got a few things in, uh, that I think will be of interest to you as we kind of proceed along. So, Doc Bennett, you want to share that with us? Sure, sure. Um, as you know, and we can talk more about the history of fathers' families, but uh, it has evolved through several iterations, right? Uh, my particular interest has always been from the standpoint of community development. Mm -hmm. And what we've said early on is that um, the building blocks of healthy communities are families. The building blocks of healthy families are fathers. Mm -hmm. And um, that led us to this um, title of Fathers, Families, and Healthy Communities. And we understand that um, there have been and continue to be a lot of stereotypes about non-custodial dads. Mm -hmm. And most folks start talking about them uh, being uh, irresponsive, mm -hmm. uh, irresponsible. Mm -hmm. And we began to say early on, all of us, that these fathers aren't deadbeats. They're just dead broke. Mm -hmm. And so we, uh, as a team, all of us, and we can talk about some of the other team members in the beginning, uh, began to look at fathers as assets in building communities, and that's basically my major interest. Great, great. Well, uh, Brother Saquon, uh, as uh, CEO of ChiCat, which is a new organization, I'd love you to talk a little bit about that and the connection with fathers, families, and healthy communities. Share a little bit uh, uh, about your uh, take, if you will, on yourself and the and the in the work uh, of uh, of uh, in father engagement. Well, no, I, I appreciate the uh, question if I understand it correctly. So, I can tell you. So, I'm the president of the board, and I was, as you pointed out earlier, I was just first director um, of the demonstration project. And I think we need to make a distinction mm -hmm. between FFFC. Um, as an as an institution that started in at, um, in DePaul, which had an academic ethic, it had it had a real serious I, I I think a real serious intellectual foundation because of Dr. Bennett and others. Um, so it was based on research. It was based on evidence. You know that we all kind of lift up now that talks about the uh, the promise of, of families when fathers are effectively engaged. Right. So, and then and as you think about the history, and you were there. All of us, when we move from from uh, to uh, FFFC, is a kind of an of a 
almost an academic research-based project to to one where it was really latent with practice on or really trying to organize practitioners and so we introduced connect the dots as a platform for social impact right and so it evolves over time and i think you've taken it to another level which is very exciting to me uh, but my role in this as a practitioner and as an executive manager and i think as a kind of an innovator who thinks about this work um, differently i think so i i think about fathers as a you know and this question of fatherhood is a moral ethical you know, vocation, mm-hmm. that it's not, it's not enough, as you, you and I have talked about before, you know, sperm and egg dynamics and just mm-hmm. this whole question of biology. Right, right, um, right. But that the social dimensions of fatherhood for us is absolutely essential. What does it mean to be a man, right? right? When, as I said, you strip away, you know, the biology, you right. know, right now, <laughs> as I say, women do everything men do, right. you know, and, uh, and so what is that, what is a man? Yeah. And so that was the kinds of things I thought that we could really provide a framework to have that kind of conversation. And and then what stemmed from there is a kind of practice, right? Right. So once we talked about that men can nurture, right? right? That it's not, it's not anti-manhood to be able to say you love your, you know, love your children and to be able to be a nurturer and to move away from these traditional types of social biological constructs, right? So, you know, I'm a provider, I'm a defender. And so my manhood is all wrapped up in this, in this, in this, in this construct we find to be really uh, debilitating. And, and so, so I like the way that we've talked about it and the, and the, and the way that we kind of advance this idea of fatherhood. I I think it's a real contribution. And one of the things that we have had some interesting Mm -hmm. conversation Mm -hmm. about is culture. And, Mm -hmm. and in fact, today, Uh, when I was talking to your to your lovely wife, Doc Bennett, mm-hmm. we we talked a little bit about this issue of culture, mm-hmm. and and I know we're going to get deeper into mm-hmm. these conversations, mm-hmm. but I, I think given what you've just said, I think mm-hmm. kind of how do we see culture in the context mm-hmm. of, of of what you just articulated mm-hmm. playing itself out, and yeah. and Doc Bennett, I know you have some uh-huh. some thoughts about that, both in terms of the community ethic as well, mm-hmm. because. There's some intersection, right, between mm-hmm. these cultural elements, the, the man themselves, the men themselves, mm-hmm. and the communities in which they come from, right? There's some mm-hmm. intersection between culture mm-hmm. and those and those kind of levels of engagement. Mm-hmm. Any thoughts about how that how that intersects? Yeah. Well, Dr. Bitter, do you want to um, you want to take a stab at that? Well, yeah. I, I would say that a part of the particularly. Uh, cultural aspect of the African-American community is where we have broadened the definition of father. Mm. And Mm. we've carried that over in in the father's family's practice, but uh, in the African-American community with all of the vicissitudes of (laughs) of manhood, uh, we've had... uh, surrogates who are uncles and cousins and non-blood relatives who Mm -hmm. took up the role of father in both nurturing and guiding um, particularly black males but black females also Mm -hmm. uh, in the growth process so I think that's a cultural aspect Mm -hmm. sometimes misunderstood because uh I was tickled at one point when I was a community organizer and um, I was working over here, what used to be Robert Taylor Homes, Mm -hmm. the public housing, Mm -hmm. 
And um, I was trying to organize group, and I said, well, you know, we need to pull the men into some of this organizing. Somebody said, well, there ain't no men here. And I said, mm. but all these babies running around. The last time we saw that happened to Star Rose in the East. They're somewhere. <laughs> you know, we need to find them. And so the biological aspect of it is one thing that Saquon points out, but the cultural nature that you're referring to, one aspect of that, of course, is the multiple ways that we look at fathers and fatherhood. Okay. Yeah. Selfish, yeah. too. Yeah. I think that, so as you pointed out, we've had a lot of conversations about this, and culture shows up in terms of the values in one way. Um, and then this question of definition, I go back to it. So I, you know, I'm one of those who, who believe that the culture informs how you see yourself. It informs your ethos. Like, how do you see yourself in family? I'm talking about men. How do you see yourself in the world? And how do you engage the world, mm-hmm. right? And if so, for instance, I don't, at the risk of, of, of uh, being redundant, you know, if I think from a cultural context, right, so, so that if I buy into the, I'm just going to go there, the Eurocentric con- context for this, mm-hmm. right? So I'm a right. defender. I am the provider, right? Right. And, um, you know, and then that affords me certain kinds of license in the home because I am yeah. the defender yeah. and, I'm, and, and I am the provider. Um, then I, you know, I think that from a cultural standpoint, we are, we're going down the wrong road. And so I've always argued, and what is the African way of thinking about family? Mm-hmm. And I think it's good for us to also look at what other cultures do, not just African. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that, so how do, how do Native Americans, how do Chinese, how does the Chinese culture, how do, what's, how do they think about these things around mm-hmm. men and women and the roles mm-hmm. in parenting? in the role of, of, of men and fathers in community, right? And I, 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 I just submit to you that ours is, re, is, is reductive in that we've, we've borrowed primarily from Europeans, and mm. that's how we think about mm. m- a male and female relationships, and I think it's hurt us. Mm. And so uh, I think there needs to be an uncovering or rediscovery of, of the culture in mm. an investigation mm-hmm. to see how African Americans, what, what, what are the models that are that that are good, right? Mm-hmm. That are promising. That 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 lead to human flourishing in in, in uh, both to men and women. And uh, I think there's a lot of work to do there. I mean, I have ideas about that, but I think that there needs to be a real a larger conversation about that because it's just something. Well, but what what you know what a man is to me is different than what it means mm-hmm. to you, and right. it plays out in my household differently. Right. You know, I I've had one guy tell me, we know with the FFFC. Uh, some when we had brothers together every Monday, you know, one guy says to me, "I felt I had to discipline her." I'm like, well, "What do you mean? You had? To, what do you mean? You had, what are you talking about, brother? You know, I had to discipline her. Now, where do you get that from? Right? right? And so, um, I, so I, I just, I just think there's, and I think it's complex, right? right? right. But I think because I'm not suggesting that only in European culture you see this kind right. of misogynist kind. Of, right. I mean, we've seen it in other cultures. Right. Um, but I know where we get a lot of our ideas from, mm-hmm. I can tell you. And I just think we need to really think hard about uh, it, the, you know, what those models are and then, and then have this conversation with our culture to lift up models that are more egalitarian, that's more about uh, um, family, mm-hmm. and healthy families, and what that means in, 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 in equality right. around men and women right. in the roles. And I, I know we're not there. Right. I think we're, we're right. better than we were in the 50s, <laughs> in the 60s, or the 70s. But I think we got a ways to go. When you talk to young brothers still, and then we have a ways to go. Yeah. Yeah. So let's let's talk a little bit, because, Doc yeah. Bennett, I think the foundation, and you, you mentioned this a little bit when uh, you did your introduction, uh, about kind of this view of seeing 
this connection between families, fathers, and healthy communities. Like, what, what's embedded in that? Like, what, what's, and you, you talked about that in the context of community development. Mm-hmm. Can you talk a little bit more about what that, like, like your vision, if you, if, if maybe if we can articulate that in the context of a vision, how do you see the intersection of fathers, families, and healthy communities kind of materializing? And what, what's, from your perspective, how did your early work kind of inform the mm. kind of the structuring of that? That, that vision. Well, one of the things that uh, you all know is that I've been a practitioner of what we call the asset-based community development approach. Mm-hmm. And uh, there actually is an asset-based community development institute. Right. Uh, was housed at Northwestern University from 1993 until 2016, where it's now housed at DePaul University. Oh, I wasn't and, aware of that. Uh, yes. Oh, uh, we, yeah. We I was wondering where that weird move. Yes, yeah. at DePaul. <laughs> and it's primarily at DePaul because DePaul has a reputation for community engagement mm-hmm. so that the mm-hmm. uh, Asset-Based Community Development Institute found a, a home and kindred spirits among students and faculty and administrators there. The important aspect of it is looking at assets Mm -hmm. and looking at uh, the gifts, the the knowledge and information that those who have often been cast aside, like these fathers, uh, non-custodial fathers in particular, and we know that they bring a lot to the table if allowed, if there are barriers Mm -hmm. that can be wiped down. So... If we look back at the origins, you all were involved in something called a paternity project mm-hmm. before Father's Family. Yeah, the paternal involvement demonstration. Paternal exactly. involvement mm-hmm. demonstration. Exactly. You were too. And you then too. you yeah. all basically um, uh, began to talk, and we started thinking about, well, how do we, before we called it Connect the Dots, mm-hmm. we started thinking about how do we really connect the dots around, mm-hmm. around this So initially, we put together a collaborative that involved organizations like the Safer Foundation. Mm -hmm. Uh, We had Chicago Jobs Council, uh, because we knew folks needed jobs. Safer Foundation, because we knew that one of the major issues were that many of these fathers had had run-ins with the law and were obviously yeah. uh, involved in the criminal justice system. And Safer is one of the largest mm-hmm. uh, ex-offender uh, organizations in the state and in the country. Mm-hmm. So we got them involved. And a woman was the head of that, mm-hmm. <laughs> Diane Williams. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chicago Jobs Council, we knew that one of the main impediments was fathers getting jobs. Uh, We had the Women's Self-Employment Project initially uh, involved in this project because at the other end of our sites were, of course, the women, the mothers. You know, we were never exclusively uh, defenders of the male alone, all right? Um, we had state government involved. You remember our now board member, uh, Joe Mason, was at the state right. and worked with the, with the state. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, DePaul brought mm-hmm. 
its community engagement lens and its research lens. So, so when I think about all of that, these are some of the building blocks positively at, at uh, exercising these assets and in reducing barriers. Okay. Uh, that's kind of the way that I look at it. And, uh, and you know, it's really, it's really interesting because historically, in my experience, having done fatherhood work from a national level, often fathers are segmented out of communities and segmented out of uh, families. And so I, I think in some ways the vision was like we need to kind of reintegrate these conceptual frameworks mm -hmm. as it relates to father engagement, right? Mm -hmm. and, and I think even in my experience, having worked in a responsible field, the responsible fatherhood field since the early 90s, that, in, that idea of that ecological, broader mm -hmm. intersection mm -hmm. view was not always fully captured right. in the practice. So, mm -hmm. so I think there is a, that vision that, yeah. that you had early mm -hmm. on, mm -hmm. I think, is, is so fundamental to mm -hmm. our understanding mm -hmm. of how we actually invoke the new, these possible mm -hmm. outcomes that we want to, mm -hmm. long-term mm -hmm. outcomes we want to see. So, yeah. so Brother Saquon, yeah. I, I think it's really important because, you know, as I was coming off my national stint, you mm -hmm. and I mm -hmm. kind of reconnected, I, which, is, which is fascinating mm -hmm. because I think that, that what we were kind of mm -hmm. s disappointed about mm -hmm. is that after the work that we had done in the 90s, you and I, and we all looked around, and we didn't see mm -hmm. too many manifestations of that work yeah. planted or remaining. Yeah. And that was part of the kind of the, the um, what precipitated, if mm -hmm. you will, this kind mm -hmm. of, talk a little bit about uh, uh, kind of the, your kind of, yeah. your, the dimensions of that history of the demonstration and your, your thoughts and your leadership kind of strategy in that, yeah. in that context. Yeah, well, I think part of it is, I think part of it is maybe just a, has something to do with my character, right? And so this need to not quit on stuff and not to, uh, I get I get concerned when we spend time and energy on on efforts and then it just kind of peter out. And and I understand it because people get busy and people get new jobs, they leave the state. Um, um, Priorities may shift, funding may dwindle. I've seen a lot of this, right? And so, I've done a lot of volunteering <laughs> because it's no it was money to pay me, yeah. but it was just a commitment to our people, a commitment to this to this idea that fathers matter. So, in maybe some ways, I'm a traditional kind of. I, I'm, I, maybe I think in a more traditional way that you know that that young people need their fathers, and that fathers and going back to what Michael said, Dr. Bennett. In terms of, because I'm a, I'm a disciple of uh, Dr. McKnight as well, and uh, we had to study this. I mean, you have all of us, we had to study uh, his work in terms of asset, you know, um, um, you know, starting with assets first, and, and and not stressing so much pathos or deficits. Mm -hmm. And so uh, we saw early on his fathers as assets, right? And so the, the second question for me, once once that was established, once I was once that was clear in our minds collectively the second question is then how do you what kinds of supports what kind of institutional infrastructure do you need to have in place to advance that right and then, and then to make sure that whether it's administratively right whether it's through policy mm -hmm. and i hope we get a chance to talk about senate bill 22 mm -hmm. 20 i always butchered this um, <laughs> 2340 2340 thank you Kurt. <laughs> um because i think that's a major contribution mm -hmm. from a policy standpoint but just the stuff we're doing with powers of fathers and looking at how you train administrative practices 
getting back to what you said earlier, is where you, where we're welcoming fathers, the, you know, and so that fathers are welcome in institutions, social service institutions. And we tell we, the story that we tell is going to become legend in, in a minute is we were over at Ounce of Prevention and these brothers in the parking lot. Right. Right. They dropped the sister off and they're in the parking lot. So Kirk is like, go get that brother. Get that brother in here. Get him out the park. <laughs> He's waiting in his car, not engaged at all. And this was okay. In fact, it seemed to encourage it. And so that was, cons- that was, that was disconcerting. So, right. So whether it's administratively, whether it's through policy, whether it's through a moral or gospel or, or mm-hmm. ethical and moral uh, importance, right, that fathers be engaged, um, that, that's how the demonstration, those are the kinds of things that we thought about when we launched the demonstration, mm-hmm. right? And so what we felt we need to do was to come up with a platform then that could house these ideas, that could defend these, these, these ideas and these practices, and then that's how Connect the Dots Right. Be, you know, came to be really, right, and, right. And, and and so how you know what type of platform, you know, could we create that connected theory to practice, evidence and research right. to practice, that could connect those those types of institutions that we right. felt are important: social service institutions, workforce development mm-hmm. institutions, policy, mm-hmm. um, uh, universities, where you where you know, like at DePaul, where uh, where where these types of things have been discussed. How do you connect them in a mm-hmm. way? that can be mutually beneficial, mutually reinforcing, right. so that we can create something robust and could have impact. And I think we did that. Right. We did that. I think our, the challenge now is to is to build upon that right. uh, because right. it's very nascent. It's still kind of young. Mm. Uh, but, it, it, you know, I do think it's one of the reasons as I, as I go around town right, trying to raise money for, for this, it is the thing that I keep, I keep putting on the forefront. Well, one of the things is that, you know, we have a way that we think about or, or we have a way of connecting institutions uh, and, and, and connecting in a very explicit way research right. and, and evidence uh, and theory to practice. Right. Um, so so that's really how it got started. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's really interesting because mm-hmm. uh, one of the things that kind of fuels, uh, mm-hmm. well, I should say, which complements the mm-hmm. Connect the Dots piece mm-hmm. that is so kind of embedded in this approach is also – a different way of thinking mm-hmm. about father engagement mm. because mm-hmm. historically father engagement has been thought of as a program. Mm-hmm. That is, yeah. you have this program that's focused on fathers. It's yeah. it's removed from any th- work that's going on with mothers and kids. It's kind of mm-hmm. removed to the set aside mm-hmm. sometimes mm-hmm. Commu- mm-hmm. from the community. Yeah. It may it helps fathers get employment and maybe navigate child support. And mm-hmm. it pretty much from a from a historical and practical vantage point ended there mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and all these questions mm-hmm. about how fathers engage with their kids what are the outcomes associated with father engagement and child outcomes mm-hmm. were mm-hmm. out there to be mm-hmm. resolved yeah. um, and one of the things that I think is really powerful about the nexus between the connected dots and the way we think about this work is that we think of it as three layers, right? We mm-hmm. think of this layer that's programmatic, which is about best practice mm-hmm. and how best practice can be surfaced uh, in ways that can be infused mm-hmm. in other areas that are mm-hmm. ha- touching the lives of women and children. Yeah. So that's kind of an important yeah. piece. And then the other level from the, the, the practice of supporting the father and kind of thinking about what those best practices are, what are organizations doing? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. large social service agencies that are working with mothers and kids, 
how do they embrace this idea of father engagement, and do they? Mm-hmm. What's the culture surrounding mm-hmm. that? Because we'll never get scale if, in mm-hmm. fact, father programs sit on the side and are separate mm-hmm. and apart mm-hmm. from the work that's happening with mother with moms and kids, right? Mm-hmm. So we see we got to move, we got to deal with program for fathers initially, but we got to see that practice emerge within an organizational context so that it's sustained over time. It's not subject to the whims of funding mm-hmm. in the same way that it historically has been. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the other yeah. piece of that is well. the policy, the policy level, right? Mm-hmm. What are the barriers to the practice mm-hmm. at the mm-hmm. ground level? What are the barriers to organizations mm-hmm. implementing a more mm-hmm. broader in, invoking, a more broader infusion mm-hmm. of that practice within their, their mm-hmm. organizational frameworks? Mm-hmm. And what are the barriers to that, essentially? Yeah. Yeah. And, and barriers that are come of all different types, resources, uh, barriers to program design and what's required and political what's evaluated, political, political environment, environment yeah. the narrative, mm-hmm. all of that, right, mm-hmm. has to be contemplated in the in the context yeah. of the, the connected dots and how it it works, and 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 that's what I think is really part of this evolution of mm-hmm. uh, fathers, families, and healthy communities that is embracing that broader ecological view mm-hmm. and, and using the connected dots as a mm-hmm. mechanism yeah. for helping to structure that. So I think mm-hmm. it's, it's powerful. In fact, the work that we're now doing with the Power of Fathers is an mm-hmm. exemplar mm-hmm. of that, which is Metropolitan Family Services, Children's mm-hmm. Home and Aid Society, mm-hmm. which is essentially a child welfare agency, yeah. uh, Family Focus, which is a regional family mm-hmm. support mm-hmm. center, mm-hmm. and Fathers, families, and healthy mm-hmm. communities trying to lead the charge to say we've got to embed these things in these large systems because they, in order for it to be sustained over time and to penetrate mm-hmm. to the practice and get the outcomes that we want to see, we have to have that at that kind of scale. Right? Yeah. So, yeah. so yeah. it's powerful, but it's like you said. I think there's a lot of work wow. to do, and we're trying to model that as a part of the work. Yeah. yeah, and I think a lot of the work to be done, I mean, you've mentioned it and you've worked on it yourself at the local and national level. This idea of the barriers can't be understated, mm-hmm. all right, from the standpoint that the image of non-custodial fathers mm-hmm. had been and remains to this day largely negative. And one of the major efforts of fathers' families is to kind of show the diversity of fathers. This is not a simple Mm -hmm. uh, place, a symbol on a dad because they're not in the home type thing. So we have pushed back Mm -hmm. in trying to find funding, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Uh, We had, we say something about fathers, and a foundation says, well, what about the mothers? They're the ones really taking care of these babies. And we have to demonstrate that it's not for lack of wanting (laughs) that these fathers may not be engaged. It's barriers that are interpersonal barriers set up in the family dynamics. And I recall one meeting, uh, strategy session Mm -hmm. we were having, and one non-custodial father was trying to remind us that we're trying to make this kind of a simple one-on-one thing. Mm -hmm. Some of these fathers got three mothers they're dealing with. (laughs) And their family members. (laughs) And their family members. So 
I think we, we can't downplay the complexity that still plagues this mm -hmm. effort mm -hmm. and the kinds of barriers, the multiple barriers that are being uh, confronted. And yeah. you point out that y it has to get embedded in these uh, uh, various institutions. Mm -hmm. And that was where the connect the dot notion yeah. came from. I remember mm -hmm. we were sitting at the <laughs> Elliott Donnelly Center yeah. where <laughs> Yu Sequan was executive director. Yeah. And we're trying to kind of capsulize yeah. what this whole process was. And we knew that fathers, families, healthy communities wasn't to be a direct service right. provider. Right. So our notion was, how do we get these agencies, mm. we even tried to <laughs> rate them as being high performing, right. how do True. we get these yeah. agencies yeah. that do what they do? Right. To open the doors and to focus on fathers, mm -hmm. and that's what mm -hmm. we started talking about. We just have to connect the dots, yeah. right. you know, pull them together, yeah. Yeah. and that's still and we did, issue. Yeah. yeah, and we actually did. That's the yeah. thing that I that I mm -hmm. that I want the listening audience to appreciate, and I want us to have a really strong appreciation for it. So we actually did it. Mm -hmm. Now it needs to expand. It needs to it needs to maintain its flexibility. Right. It needs to have keep its currency. But we did it. I mean, we actually came up with a platform, and, and it has, and we and we got some traction. Right. But I want to go back to something that you said earlier, Dr. Harris, and that this idea um, that in order to go to scale, it needs to be embedded in these organizations as opposed to a program. That's true, but I would submit to you that it needs to be embedded in the communal context some kind of oh, way because organizations absolutely. come and go too. Absolutely. Particularly in this, particularly yeah. in this no, you a good point. Yeah. yeah. Excellent and, point. And I think that's difficult. Yeah. You know, and I'm not suggesting that that's easy at all, but I think that has to be the North Star. Like, yeah. how do we... How do we take these promising practices, right? And we know what it, the research is clear. Yeah. You know, spending time with your children. We can even get into dosage, you know, so much time with your children. Right. Having healthy relationships with right. the mother. We know what the research says, right? You know, uh, having sustained engagement to the, to, to the labor market, right? right? right. Supporting your child financially. Uh, have, having, having really healthy ways to resolve conflict mm -hmm. with, right. with the right. mother and, and, and effective parenting. How do you right. effectively parent? How do, we, how do we get those practices, get, getting this? And, uh, you know, is it the church? Is it, was it all of the, uh, you know, is it the church? Is it the organizations? Is it, you know, is it, the, is it our place of businesses? Are there flyers? And, you know, are there, you know is, there, is there a brown bag um, 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 meeting at the place of business, where, you know, where you have these conversations? Or is it all of the above, you know? Well, yeah. Yeah, let, me, let me say all of the above. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All uh, of the above. And, and let me just say, I think, but this goes back, mm -hmm. Dr. Bennett, to your mm -hmm. point about barriers, because mm -hmm. I do think one of the complexities associated with fathers who aren't living in the home and who mm -hmm. tend to be very low income is that other state mechanisms impact them mm -hmm. in ways mm -hmm. that affect their interpersonal and interfamilial mm -hmm. dynamics. Mm -hmm. So for example, child support. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Big. The, I mean, the mother, uh, in order to receive support, has to report the father. They may have worked out something that, mm -hmm. that's workable, maybe it's not perfect, but it's workable, yeah. but now she got to report him, and that dynamic kind of gets mm -hmm. a little bit affected, and mm -hmm. then he gets the child support he can't pay, and then that causes a problem, they take his driver, so you, the, you know, it's mm -hmm. on and on. Mm -hmm. So part of the challenge is this barrier challenge that's very much connected to the policy questions mm -hmm. 
that have to be resolved in orders and in ways that don't impact those familial dynamics and dist and distort them. Mm -hmm. That's right. Because that's what's really what's yeah. what we're seeing. We're seeing yeah. the distortion yeah. of those familial relationships and bonds mm -hmm. as a function of of the way that these requirements kind of interact with families. But can you but, but can you talk a little bit about? I'm I'm going to interview you for a second because I think one of the things that you advanced, and I've been in meetings with you when you do this, and it's always interesting when you talk about policy, social policy in the in the history. Mm -hmm. um, and how that from housing to you know then you know to mass incarceration to discrimination in, in labor market and how that marginalized men and it served to break up families or, or at least facilitate you know so make it make it easier yeah, right. for for uh, families to to to, uh, to 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 split and what I've heard you say is that when <laughs> When there's a conversation, and we I hear it all the time, where you know, these guys are just morally bankrupt. These yeah. guys are just you know uh, unfit. You know, and mm -hmm. you know, and then it, and, it's, it's, and then sometimes it's, it can, it can, the language is worse, like you know, genetically predisposed to crime and over, <laughs> overly you know s you know sexual beast. You know, yeah. and then I've heard you on numerous occasions. Um, Kind of bring kind of a balanced assessment first to first to squash that, but right. then to, then to lift up what I think is is, is a kind of historically accurate uh, assessment of what happens when you talk about Absolutely. social policy and how it, how it led to some of this stuff. Absolutely, and and I think you know mm. without going into a dissertation, which it could be, <laughs> I think it's it's it, there mm. is some fundamentals to it. One mm. is that when we created our social welfare mm. support system, mm -hmm. the idea was that men were absent, mm. Mm -hmm. that. Uh, when we the Social Security Act, which mm -hmm. established kind of what we know today as public assistance, essentially us was supporting widows and orphans, mm -hmm. and those and that widows and orphans uh, philosophy and belief that men were absent, and that's why, because men as providers mm -hmm. were no longer present, the state had to step mm -hmm. into that role. Mm -hmm. Then men were kind of removed out of the picture, and the state mm -hmm. became a kind mm -hmm. of a substitute for support. And hmm. the challenge that that presents, uh, particularly now that um, uh, that low-income African-American families find themselves connected to this system, is that hmm. often these men are still present, mm -hmm. even though these systems won't recognize them, nor will they interact with them in ways that support the familial bonds mm -hmm. that exist because the assumption is they're not there. Yeah. yeah. And so, Doc, you know, mm -hmm. and we know, Saquon, from the work, that mm -hmm. part of the problem mm -hmm. is that issue, kind of how we structure our, our social service mm -hmm. strategies as a function of that history, but also if you superimpose upon that mm -hmm. what's tattering kind of the father's relationships with their families from a self-sustaining self vantage point, mm -hmm. you've got all of those items that you discrimination, mm -hmm. lack of workforce participation, mm -hmm. the growing inequalities that define men's position and fa and black families' position. Mm -hmm. We don't let's not talk about men, just men's position, black families' position mm -hmm. in the economic realities of America today, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And and unfortunately, those inequalities are gross. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so yeah. And the and the last point about this is that going to your point 
about kind of this Eurocentric view, often from the state's vantage point that's supporting the mother in order for the father to even be considered remotely relevant, their relevance is premised on their provision of resources. Sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. So you got this double whammy. Yeah. You you don't have no legitimacy because you can't self sustain mm-hmm. because you're discriminated against and you got all these other barriers. But that's the threshold you have to cross in order to to even be viewed as a parent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, it's it is. You're right. I mean, it's it's extremely complex. Well, it gets back to mm-hmm. what Saquon was saying about the uh, the embedded roles that men have, and one of the key is support, right. <laughs> yeah. is provision, yeah. providing. Yeah. And uh, we mm-hmm. we have to be clear in our discussion. Uh, we intimate it and so forth that. Income or lack thereof is a major mm-hmm. interest and focus. Absolutely. We're not talking about middle class, upper income folks with mm-hmm. all of these barriers. Those barriers are more interpersonal, right. interfamily. Mm-hmm. We're talking about the provision, once yeah. again, those who are considered deadbeat mm-hmm. because they couldn't provide, mm-hmm. because they were coming out of jail. Right. And until you all got engaged in the policy end of it, they were coming out of jail with three and four hundred thousand dollars in rearages in child support. Right, which makes the clock sense. did not stop while they were in jail. Yeah. Right, and they didn't know. And so and a lot of them didn't, didn't know. know. They didn't know. A lot of them didn't know. Yeah. And so yeah, I think that is a that's that is a something. But I want to I want to not without kind of turning our attention too dramatically. I want to talk about. Because I think we should spend some time talking about the importance of father engagement. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, historically, uh, when you think about kind of the parental role of men, largely, as you gentlemen have already suggested, provision and protection, mm-hmm. uh, there was never really any b- broader assumption to go beyond that, like about men's role as nurturers and caregivers and those kind of things, because. It seems like their provision of, of, of support and their provision of protection kind of covered all of that. Mm-hmm. But now, right, when we see that support doesn't exist, the question asks, well, what are, if they don't do that, what do they do? Yeah. Now, the, com- the interesting thing about that is that that same question is not asked of mothers mm-hmm. because mothers are pre- inherently presumed to be nurturers caregivers and supporters of their children, Mm -hmm. which I find really interesting, which is why for decades the literature was so um, limited in understanding what the connection was between fathers Mm -hmm. and their roles as nurturers and caregivers and outcomes for children. Yeah, I uh, think so. So let, let's talk yeah, a little I, bit about that you know, dynamic I mean, and what do you, what's your thoughts you about? Know, it? I, I think this is an intellectual and philosophical challenge, though, because I think so. For instance, so it, you know, f- for a father or male, this is this gets down to back to this question about what is what is a man, right? right. You know, a, a man is somebody who protects, you know, and he can provide, but. Here's the challenge I think we have and why I think it's so urgent that we get our arms around this and, and come up with a new social contract because, and we've talked about this, if I can't do that, does that mean I'm not a man? 
if I cannot protect, and we just look at the crime. I don't, you know me, I don't go into this. I don't like talking about it. Uh, I like figuring out what you do about it, right? Because yeah. I think you you delve into pathos too quickly, and then it just becomes a conversation that's depressing. But if with the crime that we have in our community, particularly with our young males, you know, it's hard to it's, you're hard pressed to say that you're defending collectively. Because I think this is a collective mm-hmm. problem, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you're not providing if you look at if you look at the level of income, if you look at the, and we just did some research with City, uh, Re- City Bank has launched an initiative looking at the wealth gap mm-hmm. between mm-hmm. black, brown, and white. Mm-hmm. So you're not really providing collectively. I'm not talking about the three of us. You know, mm-hmm. I'm talking mm-hmm. about, you know, the average in the community. Mm-hmm. You look at these numbers. And I, 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 I will tell you that I think it is uh, a cause for low self-esteem, self-medication, and a really derogatory sense of oneself because men are unable to meet that standard for a lot of guys when you talk to them, you know, because they buy into it. Mm -hmm. They buy into it, and therein, I think, is the challenge, right? And you think that causes disengagement? Would you argue? I think think that it ends up being, I think they end up being disengaged because then they get into a lot of other stuff that that, that marginalizes them. See, I think it's... uh it's extremely complex <laughs> rather than simple. Mm-hmm. And I think it's very, very difficult to put a kind of comprehensive description because, let's face it, um, all men or women, but particularly men in their self-image are not nurturers. My father, who loved me dearly, Never really hugged me when I was growing up. Mm-hmm. We ain't started hugging until I graduated from college. <laughs> almost. All right? right, he was not a hugger. Yeah, but he loved you. But he, he loved me. Yeah, right. he provided for me. Mm-hmm. But if you ask me the social emotional contact mm-hmm. that we had growing up, mm-hmm. it wasn't there. Mm-hmm. And there are some men. That's why I say it's complex and it's hard to put. There are some men that have an aversion to that. Is that a nurture you or nature know? thing? Because that's the question that I, I have. I think it's a combination okay. of the two. And that's why you and that's why you think it's and that's why you you think it's really complex. Yeah, that, I that's think part it's of, that's part of why you say that. That's right? why I say it's complex. Mm-hmm. Now, I say it's complex and because it's so complex, the entry point to intervene in these processes mm-hmm. are working with systems more than working with individuals mm-hmm. or even right. collectives of individuals. Mm-hmm. What I think this project does and what we are about is reducing the barriers for those who want to be. Absolutely. Providers, nurturers, whatever they want to mm-hmm. be. Right. Let's mm-hmm. get rid of the systems that inhibit that mm-hmm. access. Right. And, and many of them are systematic that you all have talked about, right. whether it's the courts, a mass incarceration or, you know, uh, uh, those interventions that keep men from being uh, full partners in that process. Now, what we've learned a lot is that, shoot, there are a lot of women that abuse their kids right. <laughs> and foster kids. and when it, mm. So it's not an innate mothering, mm. nurturing kind. It's far more complex than that. 
And it does have something to do with the nature nurture argument. And it and it has something to do with social expectation too. Yeah, right? sure. I mean, social expectation drive that, right? Uh, but that's why I suggest. But that's why I, I I stand. I think it's intellectual because for me, I come to this really intellectually. I mean, then and then it gets into practice because I'm a practitioner. Right, right. But my whole thing, I start with this intellectual. I, I think you know, like, you know, why the whole central for me is the question is why. Right, why? And it gets to this thing around nurture. I always ask, like, is that nurture and is that nature? You know, <laughs> you know. And it's it's complex. It it, it can get it, it, it can get really complex. But I but I still think that this question of definition, right? So mm -hmm. if we had a social marketing campaign, which is by the way, I, 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 I you know I I'm suggesting that's part of what we need to be doing in the way of a solution is once we can reach some consensus, which may be difficult, really difficult in and of itself, is reaching consensus about what that is, mm -hmm. you know, well, you know, um, and particularly for the 21st century, because if you think about manhood from the 50s, from the standpoint of the 50s or even before, mm -hmm. <laughs> or the 60s, I'm like, one of my favorite programs is Mad Men, but I, <laughs> but I cringed, you know. <laughs> I cringed when I saw the way women were treated. It's just like, and it was just kind of natural, normal kind of thing for, for you know, for these guys. But you could tell the angst, mm -hmm. the women and the way they were being treated, you know. Mm -hmm. And it was a subtext, you know. They really, they just kind of went on about their business. But you could tell it was lots of social tension and mm -hmm. emotional tension around this. Mm -hmm. So defining that though is to include. I think I'm, I'm with Michael on this to include nurturing, right? It's all of that. But if that's what you want to be, we see now, for instance, in the 21st century, we see more stay-at-home fathers, mm -hmm. <laughs> right? I think this is something we've got to account for, right. and not, and and, and 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 it has nothing to do. It's it's not diminishing you as a man in terms of, and, and this is, so that's how I'm thinking right, about right. this in terms of how the definition that we eventually mm -hmm. eventually come up with. Um, that it that that it takes into account this, that it accounts for that, it, it embraces that, mm -hmm. and I think that once you can do that, right, and that you need not be the one that's bringing in all the money. I, I I've seen some families where the where the wife is making a lot more money than the man. I don't see a lot of it, but I've seen it, and they they're getting along just fine, mm -hmm. yeah. right? He, they're getting he's at home, he's taking care of the kid. I'm talking about toddlers, mm -hmm. you know, she's coming home. I got one friend. He's cooking every day, running bath water. <laughs> so when she comes yeah, home, whatever, she it takes. <laughs> whatever it takes. I'm saying, it, you know, create a construct mm -hmm. that accounts for that, that embraces that, mm -hmm. and and so and and then I think when you do that, um, then you can have, to the extent that that becomes pervasive, you have less of these problems around mm -hmm. this sense of worth because I'm not, I, I'm, I can't, I can't get a job. Right. And therefore, we saw that so much in father right, family right. of the community. Yeah. They feel like they couldn't be around their kid because they didn't have any money. Right, it right. was sad. You know, it was sad. Anyway, I'll stop because yeah. I can go on. Well, I think we've covered a great deal of waterfront yeah. in this in this discussion. I think we've we've clearly understand that it's complex. <laughs> <laughs> complex. I think complex. That, 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 that word has emer emerged mm -hmm. numerous times. But yeah. I also think kind of uh, thinking about this from kind of the from its kind of community base and community asset perspective mm -hmm. to the policy perspectives that create the barriers uh, we need to kind of work on all fronts and mm -hmm. I think yeah. that also mm -hmm. is what's so complex mm -hmm. about the work and mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. kind of getting people committed to realize that they have to work on all fronts right. 
to, to get the long-term outcomes we want to mm -hmm. achieve for our mm -hmm. children. Again, I want to thank Dr. Bennett, uh, professor of uh, sociology at the De at DePaul University and also founder of Fathers, Families, and Healthy Communities and uh, intellectual guru for our work. And I also want to thank my good and longtime brother, G. Saquon Lawrence, who's the president of Father's Family Board and also in his own right right now, the uh, CEO and president of the Chicago uh, Center. Center for uh, Arts and Technology. I always want to go chai cat and just forget all the, the long stuff. Uh, thank you for being here today and, and sharing this time. And I, your host, Dr. Kirk Harris, CEO of Fathers, Families, and Healthy Communities, look forward to seeing you at a, another podcast.